Alrighty guys, just made myself a coffee here and I thought it was time to do another Pete's Two Cents episode now that my voice has finally returned. At least we're probably about 85, 90% of the way there, back to normality. Uh, I've just had this cough that's lasted forever. Anyway, so I've got some questions here that came in about a week ago through the Q&A on Instagram and I thought we could go through and answer some of these. Okay, uh, what have we got here? So, which one do Aussies speak? Do they speak American English or British English? I'm Indonesian. So, good question. Good question. We speak, I guess, well, we speak obviously Australian English, but I think the language it would be, or the dialect of English that it would be closer to would be British English. So, we obviously are sort of directly descended from British English, whereas American English is sort of divergent, right? They diverged in the late 1600s, um, whereas Australian English came from British settlement in Australia in the late 1700s. So, the sort of short of it is that we had convicts and the European settlers come over in the late 1700s and then throughout the 1800s and obviously all the way up until today, but originally... There were lots of sort of lower class convicts that were coming from all different parts of Great Britain and from Ireland. And we also had the sort of upper class um, soldiers and governors and everyone else running the place coming over. So, we effectively had a mix mash, right? A, A real diversity of dialects from Great Britain a lot of different accents, a lot of different slang, and it was all kind of melting together in a melting pot uh, in Australia. And the subsequent generations of currency lads and lasses, this was the term used for boys and girls who were born and raised in Australia, as opposed to sterling lads and lasses who would have come over from Great Britain, were born there and then came to Australia. The currency lads and lasses ended up being influenced by one another more so than their parents and their dialects, from my understanding of it. So, they ended up developing their own pronunciation, their own way of speaking, their own slang, everything like that. And through the subsequent decades after colonization, that's how Australian English was developed. And I think from memory, when I was reading some of these history books about early settlement, um, settlers and people who came to Australia in the following decades after um, first colonization and then, you know, a few different boatloads of people coming over, within about a decade or two, it was noticed that Australian uh, children had their own accent, their own way of pronouncing words and their own slang and everything like that, that it was already diverging really, really quickly. So, I thought that was always really cool. And... Yeah, I guess it's just one of these interesting things that happens when you have a group of people with a large amount of diversity in terms of, say, linguistics, whether it's the same language or whether you've got multiple languages or dialects, and they all come to a certain area and live together, you end up with a sort of average of all of them, right, or influence from all of these different dialects or languages. And this is kind of why English is so interesting. It's... it's such an interesting mix of languages because it's had such an interesting history going back to Great Britain where there's influences from, you know, Celtic languages, from the Vikings and the Norse language, 
And then we also had French come through. That influenced it a great deal throughout history. So, there have been these waves of influences from other languages and then also, obviously, dialects within um, Great Britain that have mixed in different areas. So, like when America was colonized in the late 1600s, there are really interesting accents and dialects in the US due to the groups of people who ended up in certain areas, right? There were certain areas where they spoke uh, French, I think, in places like Louisiana and New Orleans. Um, There are places where I think they spoke... um, Is it Dutch and German with places where there are the Amish? So, yeah, it's just... Language is just really cool how things evolve and how things change. But Australian English, yeah, answering your question is closer to British English. So, I would imagine that more and more we're being... We're being influenced by American English just due to the pure, huge volume of content that is out there, right? Whether it's podcasts or audiobooks, TV shows, movies, music, the vast majority of it seems to be American. So, it's definitely influencing probably every dialect of English and and probably all languages in the world as well. Okay, so, we have a question here, two pronunciation questions. This one comes from Fernanda, who asks, how do you pronounce maths? Maths. So, maths, as in the short version of the word mathematics, where you deal with numbers and equations and everything like that. Maths. So, it's the short ah vowel sound in Australian English. Ah, like in the word cat or bat. Cat or bat. Maths. And then I think this word is tricky for a lot of people because you have the two consonant sounds next to one another, the TH, the TH and the S. Jeez. TH, the voiceless one, and the S. And you have to move from one to the other in a single kind of motion with your tongue. So it goes at the end. Maths. And so for me, I feel this kind of hit when I go from the TH to the S, like a percussive kind of, how, do, how would you explain it? It's kind of a beat that you can feel as the tongue slaps into the S. Maths, maths, maths. So, practicing that and knowing that there are those two consonant sounds next to one another and that you should feel the tongue kind of go from the TH and then slap up into the S sound in your mouth. Maths. 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 Now, the next pronunciation question comes from Bruno, who asks, how do you pronounce the difference between the words called, as in I called someone on the phone, and cold, as in it's cold outside? So, I called someone and told them it was cold. Called cold. So, for called, the vowel sound is the long or vowel sound, called, called, called. And for cold, it's the short oh vowel sound, like in hot, cold, 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 cold. So, hopefully that makes sense. I guess two simple words would be all, like everyone, like all the people in the room, all, all, called, called, and the word old, right? Like he's an old man, old, old, cold. He's a cold old man, 
cold old man. I called the cold old man. Could you call the cold old man to tell him all about what I called you to tell you about because it's cold? (laughs) And so, guys, remember, if you want to master Australian pronunciation, check out my Australian pronunciation course. You can do so at aussieenglish.com.au forward slash APC. Okay, so now we have a question from Stay. So, Stay asks, can I use the word dedicated when someone is hardworking or disciplined? You definitely can and it would have a different meaning. So, disciplined would mean like they are good with their time and they are able to sort of apply themselves on a regular basis and continue to do so over time, right? They're very disciplined. They make sure they always do that thing. It's kind of like they've built a really good habit. Um, hardworking, may, they may not be disciplined, but when they do work, they work really hard, right? So, th- that's how those sort of two things differ. Discipline may be that you do the thing on a regular basis. Um, hard working or for someone to work hard means that they put in a lot of effort when they're doing whatever the task or the skill or the thing is. When they're doing that work, they put in a lot of effort. They do um, a lot. They invest a lot, but they may not be disciplined. They may only put in the hard work, I don't know, once a week, once every two weeks. Dedicated is kind of similar to disciplined where it would be like you, again, are frequently doing that thing. You are committed to that thing. You're, you're always sort of thinking about and trying to do that thing. So, you're dedicated to a task. You are disciplined when you're trying to do that task. And hopefully, when you're doing that task, you're also very hard working. All right. So, let's get some other questions here. Um <laughs> so, Sousa asks, hey, Pete, what is your favourite anything about Australia? <laughs> My favourite anything. That is such an open-ended question. Uh, I've got to think now. It's, it's hard when you get those kinds of open questions where there are so many different answers that you could give that you have to kind of sit down and think for quite a bit. Um, My favourite anything about Australia? <sighs> I think... Quality of life here, again, I'm no real expert in quality of life all over the world, but from what I've been told by a lot of people who migrate here and end up living here for a prolonged amount of time when they've come from overseas or when they've spent significant amounts of time overseas, whether it's traveling or living or whatever the the case may be, they tell me that the quality of life here in Australia is incredible. So, I think that's probably one of those things that whether or not I know it, It's probably my favourite thing or one of my favourite things about Australia and it may be something that I really take for granted. My wife's always telling me this, you know, that I take life in Australia here for granted compared to what her life was like back in Brazil. Um, So, yeah, that's probably one of the things. Um, I think life near the beach is one of my favourite things. I just love being near nature but in particular, I really love the ocean. I really love the beach. Um, When I grew up, I used to always go, you know, surfing or bodyboarding or swimming, especially in summer. Winter, not so much because it gets quite cold down here. I remember got down to like 11 degrees Celsius in the water in winter once and my hands froze up and I couldn't open my hands when I was trying to surf. So, I was kind of like paddling but using my hands like claws. (laughs) It wasn't very effective. Um, But yeah, so, 
I always grew up doing that and I learned to scuba dive when I was in high school. Um, that was a lot of fun. And when I was at uni, I used to go to Queensland and work on turtles. I used to do volunteer work up there with my cousin who, well, my grandmother's cousin who was the one who ran it, um, the volunteering and research programs up there. That was beautiful. And I got to live on like islands and on the beach and, you know, look at turtles, tag turtles, take their measurements, get all the data. I just always loved the beach and I don't think I could live a long way away from the beach, right? So, anytime I think about living in places like, I don't know, Central Australia, you know, Alice Springs or Catherine or near Uluru, I I can imagine visiting those places and really loving it. But if I were to live there, I think one of the biggest things that I would miss besides probably friends and family would be the ocean and the beach and the fact that if I were to go to the beach, it would be two days drive, you know, from some of these places to get there. So, yeah, I think that's probably one of my favourite things about Australia. I guess, you know, to be corny and and cliche too, one of my favourite things about Australia is how multicultural it is, how many different people there are here, different languages, different cultures, different, um, you know, ways of living, different foods. The fact that we have such a good mix of all these things and then it's kind of at our fingertips all the time is probably something the average Australian takes for granted. But for me... Being so close to it because I, you know, talk to you guys, you guys chat to me, you tell me about things, you share your experiences with me because that's always so sort of at the fore of my mind, you know, I'm thinking about it. That's also one of my favorite things uh, about Australia. Okay. Another question here about pronunciation. Could you please pronounce the words shoes and issues? Shoes, as in the things you would wear on your feet, right? And issues, as in, well, potentially it's got a few different meanings, but if you've got some issues, it's like you've got some problems, you know, I've got some issues at work at the moment. I'm getting bullied or I'm finding the project that I'm working on really difficult, so I've got a few issues. But you can also have an issue of something like a magazine, and that would be like the release of that magazine, the specific issue would be, say, the issue for July, and it's the magazine that's being created for the month of July. That is an issue. So, they've been issued, right? They've been given out. They've been, well, they're being sold. Um, so, shoes is the long oo vowel sound. Shoes, shoes, and issues is exactly the same word, but with the vowel sound i in front of it, and that's where the emphasis is. Issues, issues. So, shoes and issues. Okay, next question. Pete, uh, would you advise me on an unusual gift for my grandson's 11th birthday in Melbourne? This is from Isabella. An unusual gift for your 11th, for your grandson's 11th birthday. An unusual gift. That's really... That's kind of tough. I don't really know for kids who are 11. I haven't had to think about something like that um, at all, pretty much. I mean, I will soon enough when my kids start getting to that age. But maybe a ticket to somewhere like Science Works. I think, you know, I was a bit of a nerdy young kid who loved science, loved animals, loved, you know, learning about those sorts of things. So, I think somewhere like Science Works, and that's a place in, in Melbourne, which is what you asked, right? Yeah, in Melbourne, that's a kind of... 
what would you say? It's like a museum sort of thing where you go there and they have all of this sort of educational stuff for younger people, generally for students, you know, people at primary school and high school. Um, But, yeah, my dad used to work there. Uh, He worked in education and worked there for a bit and then he worked at some of the zoos in Australia and then universities and stuff. But I remember him always talking about how much he loved science works, it was called. So, I'm assuming it's still around in Melbourne, but I'd, I'd definitely recommend going with your grandson or buying him a ticket and having him go with friends or with family and checking it out. I think he would have a good time, you know. Who doesn't like science? Who doesn't like that sort of stuff? Oh, man, another pronunciation one. So, this one comes from EVG and she has asked, could you please pronounce the word kayaking? Kayaking. Kayaking. This is an interesting word. So, a kayak is kind of like a canoe. I I don't even know how to really describe the difference. I'm not (laughs) that well versed in the different kinds of, what would you say, um, ocean faring, um, <laughs> I can't even think vehicle, would you call it that? So, different types of boats, although I don't know, do you call a canoe or in a kayak a boat? So, I think, I think a canoe is where you use a single bladed um, oar to row on one side of the vessel boat at a time. So, you take it on one side and you can put it on the other side. Whereas, I think a kayak is where you have two blades on the oar and they tend to be like thinner and sharper. I think, I think that would be the main difference. Canoes might be, they may sort of have a sharp ending to them, but they may not be as long. Yeah, that's what I think off the top of my head. But yeah, kayak, it's, it's got a weird spelling for the pronunciation of the word. It's K-A-Y-A-K, kayak. The second part makes sense, the yak part, but the fact that you've got K-A and well, K-A-Y at the start and it's kai, it's very weird, isn't it? I, I should look into the origin of this word, in fact- Maybe I'll look it up. Um, let's type in definition kayak. Let's see it come up here. So, where does this word come from? If I open up kayak. Oh, wow. Okay. So, it's an Inuit word. So, it was originally spelt Q-A-Y-A-Q. And then in the mid 18th century, it was changed to K-A-Y-A-K. How crazy is that? Had to have a quick pause there for a sec. Had someone deliver something at the door. And um, I guess to share what it is with you guys, I got a DJI mic. So, that is a microphone that I can plug into both a camera and my phone. Anyway, so, we were talking about kayaking. So, yeah, it comes from Inuit. How cool is that? That's really, really cool. Uh, I don't know of any other language, any other words that come from the language that is Inuit, but that is very cool. Anyway, yeah, the pronunciation is kayak, kayak. Kayak, and I'll have to try and find out what it actually sounded like in Inuit originally. Anyway, guys, I might keep these episodes kind of short and sweet at the moment. Um, You probably noticed that I haven't been releasing as much content recently. I've kind of stepped back just a little bit. Um, It's kind of been, you know, to sort of share a bit about what's going on in my personal life. It's kind of been a bit difficult recently to stay um, motivated with things because I just keep getting ill. I've had sort of a rough trot, a rough time of it over the past, I don't know, two or three months where I just keep getting sick and it's been these chest infections 
and, you know, head colds and everything that have really affected my voice. And so, it's been difficult to be motivated and to keep wanting to create content when your voice is either not there or you can talk for like five minutes or so and then it starts getting husky. I can already feel that it's kind of getting a bit husky now. Um, So, yeah, I guess it's one of those things where sometimes you just have to take a step back and I've been trying to do, you know, the bare minimum to keep things moving along, to keep creating content for you guys. Um, I do plan on coming back hard in the future and doing a lot more. Um, But for the last two or three months, I've sort of done the bare minimum and been focusing on family and other things as well, just to try and, uh, what would you say, like revitalize things, you know, to, to refresh and then come back stronger in the future. So, I am planning to do that. But yeah, apologies if I haven't been able to get out anywhere near enough the uh, same amount of content that you guys were used to in the past and that you really enjoyed. Um, I will try and do that in the future. But yeah, I really appreciate you guys for all sticking with me. I've had quite a few of you on Instagram sending me messages and asking, you know, what are you doing? Where are you? We miss you. Come back. And so, it's um, very heartwarming to read those messages and get them. I really appreciate it, guys. You're awesome. Um, so, yeah, and feel free to follow me on Instagram, guys, you know, search Aussie English and you can send me a message. I try to reply to all of them uh, when I can and have a chat to you if you've got any questions. And obviously, on Mondays, when I put out the uh, story, ask me anything, you are more than welcome to do just that, to ask me anything. And again, I try to sit down uh, usually Tuesday or Wednesday after um, after you guys have sent in all your questions and I try and answer all of them. Sometimes I uh, forget on Tuesdays because... I'm also kind of doing a lot of the stay-at-home dad stuff at the moment. My wife's gone back to work. Kel uh, scored a job at a music school a few months ago and has been working really hard there, learning the ropes and just, yeah, getting her career back on track and enjoying her time there. So, as a result, I stay home with the kids when they're here and they're not at daycare. And I tell you what, ladies, you guys who are stay-at-home mums... You are some of the hardest working people I know. I really underestimated just how tough a job uh, being a stay-at-home parent is. And it's one of those things where originally I thought, you know, it's not that hard. All you have to do is make sure the kids have enough food, that they're entertained and that they don't kill themselves, right? Like, they don't fall off the couch onto the ground. They don't, you know, stab themselves with a pen. You just have to do that. But... Although it seems like it is something that is relatively straightforward, that is relatively easy, I tell you what, guys, emotionally and physically, it is exhausting on some days. Like, my son is so much work, but he's so much more chill than my daughter, right? He's so much more calm. He'll watch... Uh, TV shows, if you, you know, if you put it on, if you need a bit for yourself, if you're trying to cook or something, you can put a TV show on and he'll just sit there and watch it. My daughter, on the other hand, is just all guns blazing at all times. She's just always into everything, opening drawers, pulling books off shelves, getting into stuff, you know, anything that's within reach, she'll pick up, she'll throw it, she'll look at it, she, she pulls it onto the ground. So, it's just, it's just so full on in terms of having to be switched on and constantly monitoring my daughter to make sure she's not injuring herself or breaking anything or that you haven't forgotten, you know, you've left a glass somewhere and now she can suddenly reach it. It's just insane. So, yeah, I thought I would share a little bit about that with you guys. And for all of you stay-at-home parents, I feel it. I feel your pain. I feel the hard work that you guys put in, you know. It's um, very rewarding, but by golly, 
it is hard, hard work. So, anyway, guys, with that, thank you so much for joining me. It's always a pleasure doing these Pete's Two Cents episodes where I try and answer some of these questions and give you my two cents, my opinion. Don't forget these episodes aren't transcribed and I do that so that, one, you get to focus on your listening and, two, I can produce them quickly and put them straight up on the podcast. We have over probably 1,100 episodes now with transcripts, so hopefully you don't mind if one or two here and there every now and then don't come with the transcripts. And yeah, I should mention before we go, if you want to get the transcripts, be sure to sign up for the premium podcast at aussieenglish.com.au forward slash podcast and you can find all my other courses and content there as well. Thanks for joining me, mate, and I will see you next time. Peace. Peace.